Good morning, Northgate and friends. Welcome to our Sunday message. Let's pray and get into God's Word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God. Thank you, Jesus, for your love for us coming, dying, rising again. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be in the midst of this little time together. May you speak to us, encourage us, exhort us, uh, Lord. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So this week we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, back half, uh, instructions, conduct about communion. Paul has been writing in this letter, uh, answering some questions from chapter 7. Uh, and before that, dealing with some issues, division, which he's going to touch on today, some other problems in the church. And here in the back half of chapter 11, he's not really happy, you might say. He says, I do not praise you three times in a little section from verse 17 through 22. I don't praise you. I'm not happy with you. What you're doing with celebrating communion or what uh, Christ has done is not right. And then he switches to give them instructions about communion. And then he asks them, at the end of chapter 11, to examine themselves before they take communion. So he's trying to bring order. And we know in the context in the church of Corinth, there's a lot going on. And just for you to know, if they were saved out of pagan worship, if they came together, what their worship festivals would look like serving an idol were not the same as what it looked like as we worship Christ. They would be getting drunk and, yeah, doing things that were sinful. And obviously, when we are going to celebrate Christ, we are not going to do those things. Now, in those days, just to let you know, and probably a good thing for us to know today, is when they did celebrate communion, it was always along with a meal. So the church would gather and they would eat together. They would call it probably an agape feast or being together a love feast. And they would eat and enjoy each other's fellowship. And then in the midst of that, they would be reminded of Christ as they took some, some wine or uh, some liquid or some bread. And they would be instructed to think of Christ and what he has done. But it would be in the process of eating a meal. And sometimes in our today in age, we put it in a Sunday service and it's a special ceremony, but it was around food. And we know originally when Christ celebrated or instructed them to celebrate his body, his blood in communion, they were eating the Passover feast. And for those of you who know your Bibles out of Exodus, when they left Egypt, they were instructed with um, these many instructions of how to celebrate this feast of examining a lamb from their flock that would uh, represent, as we know in Scripture, Christ. And they would eat that lamb, and the blood from that lamb as they slaughtered it was put on the doorpost. But it was a whole meal with herbs and unleavened bread. And the whole purpose of that was for them to celebrate, yes, and to get strength for the journey that was ahead. But it, my point was, it was all around a meal. And even when Jesus celebrated with his disciples, they were celebrating Passover. And then he came on this day and instructed them to, to give thanks for his body and his blood. Now, when I've celebrated communion, maybe because I've been in church so long, there is this danger that it becomes routine, something. And as a child, the little 
square bread and, and, and the juice and the soberness of the ceremony. And oftentimes it could become routine. It's just something you did at church with not even understanding why, why I was doing it. But it seems as the older I get, the more real it becomes to me. It's interesting if I could explain that in any way is at the beginning of the week, I was asking the Lord for a dream or a vision. And I don't know if you ever do that, but I've tried to, to stay away from reading the news at night or maybe watching things that will take my mind the wrong way. And not that I'm perfect in any way, but this night I asked the Lord, I want to think about you. And oftentimes we can have dreams that are all over the map, but just to ask him, God, would you invade my thoughts tonight, my dreams tonight as I sleep? Lord, I don't want them to be out the news or my fears or my subconscious. I want them to be about you. And that night, it was interesting, Monday night, just uh, maybe thinking about this passage. But this idea of seeing a table set. Uh, I love hay fields and cut hay fields and the idea of the harvest. And up on this hay field, this rolling hills, there was a table there set for me and someone inviting me to come dine or sup or fellowship or to eat and in my dream I have no idea what that person looked like but I did know the peace and the joy that was definitely something that I felt within me as I dreamed in that person but I can't tell you the physical characteristics but then as I got closer this realization that it was it was Christ and he was asking me to to dine with him and as I went the joy and the peace and as we were there together it was so interesting thinking as the smile um, that he had and in that smile the reminder I just felt the reminder of his love and his forgiveness and his grace and these things deeply affected me and how I was thinking and the joy and the thankfulness that it brought. And I thought of that in regards to how we do celebrate communion. And obviously the Corinthians here in chapter 11 are not celebrating communion properly. Paul is not happy. He says three times in verse 17 through 22, I do not praise you for these things. I'm not happy. Now let me give you some instructions. He says there's divisions and we know in the book of Corinth at the beginning that they're dealing with divisions, but practically they're coming out as they eat together in this meal and some are not getting food and some are eating together and spiting or putting others down and there's not enough for them. Some are getting drunk. They are not at all in any way celebrating the way they should what God has done for them. And Paul is not happy about that and he gives them these amazing instructions of how they should come to the Lord and that's how we have in verse 23 these words where he gives them these proper instructions and says for I've received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it 
in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And it's so interesting, even in my little picture, my little vision, in my little dream, and going to Jesus and celebrating with him and thinking of that love and that forgiveness and just that peace that it brought me when we are celebrating again this communion properly, not as the Corinthians were doing, thinking about themselves and pleasure and what they could give, get out of it, but we're thinking about Christ, how it changes us to see him, his thankfulness, his sacrifice, and truly it brings us incredible joy and peace. Just thinking to sit with Jesus, to dine with him. And he would say, I want to remind you, I want you to remember what I've done for you. And sitting at that table, that thought that you are forgiven, Daniel, that you are being healed by the power of my broken body, you are whole to think of the freedom I have in Christ as I sit with him, to, to think of this action of the cross and what it has given me, his body and his blood, that my sin is no more, that it is paid for. Is there anything better? Is there anything more you know, oftentimes we complicate a lot of things, but the simplicity in the truth of just dining and celebrating with Jesus and remembering what he has done, his joy. And that's what strengthens us. That's what changes us. It's a simplicity of knowing Christ and what he's done, his body broken to make us whole, to, to heal us that he's paid the price, his blood to justify us. No more shame, no more guilt, no more sin and the consequences because it's paid for. And Jesus at the table with us saying, remember me, remember what I have done. Oh, we desperately need this. Scripture always is constantly reminding us of Christ, to renew our mind in Christ, to see who we are, but how we're changed. And as I enter into communion, I examine myself and see I am nothing without him, but he is everything and he has forgiven me and he is affectionately loving me and reminding me and amazingly giving thanks. He gave thanks because he knew what his sacrifice, what his body and his blood would mean. He gave thanks knew, knowing it would set us free. It isn't a routine. It isn't something we do for a check mark. It's not something that we have to do at church. It's something we need to do. It's something we need to be reminded. It's something that gives us strength. And back to, to the Passover, the strength for them to continue in the meal of the Lamb gave them strength to continue on their journey to freedom. And every time we take communion, we're strengthened in the truth of Christ's body and blood. And it empowers us to live our life 
as we move forward. So often we try to find solutions in so many things. And in my counseling of people, I've come to realize if I can simply bring people to the truth of Christ and allow Christ to speak to their hearts of who he is and what he's done, it sets them free of so many things. And you say, oh, that's too simple. Even if you look back into people's childhood or people's lives and they be so angry, but to see the forgiveness of Christ allows them to forgive. The shame they might feel for what they've done, to see the forgiveness of Christ, the blood of Christ, sets them free. But it's getting to that point to be reminded, to know truth, to see the body and the blood, to be strengthened, to have joy. And truly it changes everything like my dream. I think Jesus is constantly inviting us, come dine, come sup with me, come be reminded, come fellowship with the truth. Of who I am. I think of the lukewarm church in Revelation chapter 3. This church that thought it had it all but was living in misery and, and, and living basically in sin, blind. And what does Jesus say at the end? I knock at the door. I desire to sup with you, to fellowship with you. Let me in. <laughs> He's inviting us. Come, believer. Your, your life now might be one where you are struggling with sin. Your life might be one where you're dealing with the consequences of life. And Jesus is knocking at the door and saying, let, let me in more that I might dine with you and show you my forgiveness, my love, my body, my healing again and again. And the peace and the joy that he has, his joy in us and what he's done for us gives us strength because the joy of the Lord is our strength, amen. His joy in us and knowing what he's done for us and we see that, it gives so much strength to us and he's knocking. I wanna celebrate with you today. Thankfulness gives me this picture that it was joyous and it is somber, Christ died, but we miss the fact that it's good and that's why we celebrate at Easter Good Friday. It was an amazing day. And there's joy and there's thankfulness as we examine Christ, as the Israelites would have examined the lamb before they killed it, without defect, perfect, sacrificed. Whoa, what joy, because in that is our freedom. In that is the victory that we need. I think I've missed it for many years of my life. You know, thinking routine, when we have this life-changing activity of being reminded, and that's why when we gather together, and it's certainly been hard in COVID, but this week we're gonna try to celebrate communion as people bring their own elements. We're gonna celebrate the ordinances and what God has asked us to do, to be reminded to fellowship with Christ on the road to Emmaus. You might remember that story when Jesus died, resurrected, appears to those two disciples walking on that road and he explains everything about himself. He reveals everything about himself through the prophets, through history, to the life of Christ, to what he's done. And their hearts are burning within them as he's talking because he's revealing his plan and his love and his forgiveness. 
and he's about to continue. You might remember in that chapter in Luke, and they say, no, don't go. Come and eat with us. Come and abide with us. And as he does there and he eats with them, he gives thanks, gives them bread and wine. And their, what? their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished. But I love that part. As he gave thanks, showed them who he was, revealed to them somehow in this bread and wine that they knew him. Isn't that it? As the word of God reveals everything Jesus has done for us and we take this time to think on him, to dine with him, to fellowship with him, he reveals himself and we know him. And as we know him, everything changes. Do you know Christ today? Do you know the God who's asking you to dine with him because he loves you, he's forgiven you? Do you know him? He wants to be with you. He wants to remind you. He wants you to remember his body broken, that you would be whole. He wants you to remember his blood that's taken your sin, taken the shame, the guilt. He wants you to abide in the truth. And corporately, we need to do this. We need to remember. And that's why at Northgate, when we have gathered and we will again, that we need to remember each time together, not because it's tradition or routine, because there's life and power and strength in renewing and remembering and giving thanks with joy in what Christ has done. Now, Paul gives them one other instruction at the end. I don't Necessarily, I'm not going to avoid it, but he says, examine yourself as you celebrate. Now, obviously, they were celebrating in sin. They were getting drunk and there was division. So he says, examine how you're doing this, because if you are not doing this, you're not believing the right way. It is it's useless and actually it will cause you to be sick. And I've thought about that. What does that mean? If I've celebrated communion in the past in an unworthy way, that I'll be sick and die. And I think you have to be careful because it's not about me. It's about Christ, right? What he's done, my actions aren't, I'm not perfect when I go to communion. Otherwise I wouldn't celebrate communion. I need to know who he is and what he's done. But my heart has to be in the right place Entering, believing, trusting, not more focused on what I want in my sin than Christ and his forgiveness. And he's saying, guys, you're, you're getting drunk. Don't, don't do that. Your heart is in the wrong place. And if you're not celebrating this with a, a right heart, you're missing it. And if you miss it, you're not going to be reminded and be encouraged what Christ has done. And if you leave Christ over there and you do it yourself, what happens? You get sick. Yeah, sin destroys us. And if you're not going to know you're forgiven and live in freedom and repent, but you're going to continue with your sin and you're just going to disregard what Christ has done and how you celebrate, what happens is sin will destroy you. That's nothing new. And I believe that's what he's saying. And so we examine my heart. And in Psalm 139, it says, Oh Lord, examine my heart. Try me. Know if there's any anxiety within me, if there's any wicked way, 
Yeah, I'm bringing it to you because in you is my forgiveness, in the remembrance that it is dealt with. But if I'm going to continue in my own path, my own way, there will be consequences. And I don't want those consequences. And Paul doesn't want those for the Corinthian church. So he says, hey guys, what are you doing? You're eating together, but how are you eating? You're not even caring about Christ and being focused on what he has done. So often we could change so many things. It's my heart speaking to you. You could change so many things. I can change so many things in my life. There's so many things. There's depression, anxiety, fear, sin. There's so many things, even at times physical illness, that comes from those things that can be answered or the journey to change those things happens in looking at Christ. And we don't need to do many of the other things. We don't need to live with our sin. We don't need to live with these things, but we can live focusing on Christ and knowing who we are and what he's done. And it changes everything. And unfortunately, we have a world and even a world today. And we're living, trying to solve our problems. And they're big. There's a spiritual battle going on, but we're not looking to solve them in Christ. We're looking to solve them in our action or our solutions. But may we be reminded today to turn to Christ. To celebrate him. He's inviting you to the field. He's inviting you. Come celebrate. Come remember that you are forgiven. As you trust and believe me that you are forgiven. That you are loved. And that changes absolutely everything. So this morning, I know it doesn't make sense or uh, it might make sense. But it's just weird to do it on video. But obviously, if you're watching this, maybe you didn't have a chance to come to service. And that's completely understandable. But I don't want you to miss out on the fact that maybe you want to celebrate and remember Christ on your own and allow him to share with you. So maybe just pause the video now. Just go get some form of a liquid in a little cup or a cracker or a piece of bread. And come back and we'll celebrate communion together. Hopefully you've done that and retrieved some elements. But let's think on Jesus. Let's just pray and remember him, Lord Jesus. You are so faithful and you are so good to us. We give you praise. Thank you that you invite us to remember you. That you called us to remember. Because we are people that forget. We forget so much. As Paul received these instructions from you, from no one else, it says, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had gave thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, that bread, I just want you to remember as you are Think of it dining with Christ. And he's saying, remember me, remember that my body broken, the stripes on my back. 
They've healed you. My brokenness has made you whole. This morning, if you feel broken, understand what Christ has done for you. See what he's done. See his affection, his face, his thankfulness for you becoming whole. Do you believe it this morning? Let's claim it and eat the bread together. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. The same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me, the blood of Christ, the forgiveness, the new covenant, that all our sin, past, present, and future, has been dealt with. And as we believe in Jesus, that blood is on the doorpost that the death angel will not pass and deal with us, but we are forgiven because of the blood. And we believe in that truth, in that new covenant. If you believe in that this morning, you are forgiven. No shame, no guilt. Sin paid for. Just think of the love, the forgiveness of Christ. Let's take the cup together. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for you this morning. We take our mind off the world, ourselves, our problems, our circumstances, and we turn them to you. Lord, help us to see again and again your forgiveness, your love. May it strengthen us to walk in your spirit for your glory. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Well, have a great week. Be blessed and continue to remember Jesus. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.